Hello, residents of Maple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Norris. And today we're going to be doing back-to-back -back reviews of Brass Birmingham and It's a Wonderful World. But in between, we're going to sandwich a little conversation about Tennessee game days. So thanks for joining us for episode number 36. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his party hat on, his party favor, and, and glitter, and confetti is just flying everywhere, all over the place. And my name is Johnny Norris. Do you know why? You know, you know this one, because I just told you. It's Chuck Norris's birthday it's today. It's Chuck Norris's birthday today. Mm-mm, hey. <laughs> and for those of you that know when Chuck Norris's birthday is, you know that it is March 10th. We're oh. recording the day that our our episode releases. <laughs> this is amazing. It is. It's uh, something. We're a little crunched for time right now. We don't often do this, but these last two episodes we have. You notice I'm changing the subject because I don't want to talk about Chuck Norris's birthday. Um, you know, that is, how could you do that to him? Seriously. Right. Let's go ahead and get How it out. Get it out of your now? system. Let's see what you got. Chuck Norris is the only person that can punch a Cyclops between the eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, no, I just stopped at that one, actually. <laughs> I would just stop right I've heard there, so cause... many of these jokes that, like, I can't... Yeah, it's hard to, like, say these because we've even mentioned probably 10 or 15 on this podcast, right? I don't think I've heard that one before. Though. I haven't, and that That's... was amazing. <laughs> So I don't know. I may just leave it there because I could just get worse. That's pretty it, good. It probably is going downhill after You know, that. you can probably look up Tim Tebow ones. There's a lot of crossover, but I bet there's like, you know, they do the same. They do that ones. for Tim Tebow? Yeah. Yeah, like mm. the ex exact same jokes, except they'll make up new ones, but it's the same idea. How dare they? <clears throat> Nothing wrong against Tim Tebow. <laughs> I just, my throat. It's just Chuck Norris. You know what I mean? I know. I know you want to say another one. That's why I'm just. Well, I'm, I'm just going to skip to the poll, and then okay. you know it, right. they may just they, we may just find some other Norris jokes weaving in and out of this episode. What do you think? All right. Let's see. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to have to wait until you start talking about something for a long time so that I can spend time not paying attention to what you're saying and looking up Chuck Norris jokes. <laughs> you think that I'm looking them up? Yeah, you are. Okay, maybe I am. I know you are. All right. All let's, right. Let's do the poll. <laughs> let's do the poll. So this is not controversial at all. I figured, Dean, because it's kind of that Kickstarter season and there's a lot of Kickstarter stuff going on. By the way, let me ask you a question before we do the poll. How many games have you backed this year, 2020? Mm, I think uh, two or three. Can you do three. Would you like to share them? Uh, I've backed zero. So, yes, um, <laughs> Marvel uh, Marvel Champions. Oh, you backed that? Wonderland's War. I know, yeah, I knew you would, yeah. Mm, I felt like there's another his one. His eye's twitching right now. I can't He's remember to what the other one out. is. He's thinking and his eye twitches when he thinks. Uh, so at least those two. Yeah. Um, I'm not too interested in the Marvel game. I am interested in Wonderland's War War, but I'm not that interested in it. I think I'm mildly interested. I think with Marvel It may be amazing though. 
Marvel United is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, Return to Dark Tower. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not really interested in that one either. Yeah. It's uh, one I think I can get some family to play for nostalgia reasons. Yeah. And uh, Marvel United is more so for my family. My my wife loves Marvel, and I feel like she'll really enjoy this game. It's a co-op game. My kids probably will like this one a lot too. Yeah. And I want to paint all those minis. That's, I mean, that's it. You love painting minis. I like uh, the minis. Yep. So out of those three, Wonderland's War is definitely the one I'm most interested in. And I am I am interested in that, but just kind of I'm a little bit lukewarm on it. It's one that I'm a little more frustrated about. You Ooh, ready for this? Wow. This may go in, go into your poll. I saw your poll. Wow. about So about Kickstarter exclusives, but I didn't, exactly right. I didn't like look at the results or anything like that, but I saw that you... Put that on there. How do you feel about Kickstarter exclusives? Well, Wonderland's War, the the game itself is not exclusive, but the deluxe version is. Yeah. And you know how I feel about deluxe versions. I, I know exactly how you, you feel about Gotta catch them. them all. Dude, speaking of that, <laughs> um, and we are weaving this back and forth. I don't remember how that goes. You said started. nostalgia earlier, mm-hmm. and I, I'm looking at our poll, and right underneath it is a picture of Crossfire. Dude. That's right. When I looked at that, and I opened up the Twitters this morning. That song has been going through my head all morning. <laughs> the power of a good jingle. Yeah. Yep. You know what? That makes me want to do. Go I watch don't. that the Crossfire commercial right now. But Crossfire, I, uh, you'll be caught up in the Crossfire. I've, I've watched that in the crossfire, recent years. But crossfire. They, well, that's pretty good. They they redid Crossfire. Okay, we're all over the place now. We gotta, we're gonna have to rein it. We're gonna have to rein it back. We're allowed to at the beginning of the episode. I think so. So Crossfire, uh, Target did this like reprint within the last couple years. It might yeah, be in other did. places, but I that's where I got it for like twenty five bucks or something. It wasn't even twenty. It was like yeah, it was like eighteen, nineteen dollars, something like that. And I was so excited about it's it because garbage, I, I had the game as a kid. And oh no, the game is fantastic still. Really, I figured well, I love it. I figured they cheapified it. They did, which is a real word. So if I remember right, as a kid, the the part that connects one, I think it was all one piece. If I remember right, as a kid, now it's like broken in half and you put it together. But the sheet that goes over top of it, like the playing surface, mm-hmm. I felt it was like a like a thin sheet metal kind of thing. Maybe I'm totally I can't remember this. Honestly, I can't remember. But it's cardboard now, and it has to. You have to take it out. All the time, if you want to play it, it so it kind of it. you know falls apart a little bit. But it's still, the game is so fun, so fun. The I gotta play that really again. Enjoy it. I know I wanted my boys to want it for Christmas, and they didn't. Hmm. It's kind of sad. You could want it. it doesn't have to I be could. a kids' game. I know, but I figure I would just probably not really play it very much unless my kids want to play it. And if they don't want to play it, then they got into it. It was actually my. I think they would get my into youngest it. son's request to play that yesterday. Not. A Kickstarter exclusive. Let's get back to the poll. That's right. So, very simple poll this week. Do you like Kickstarter exclusives? Yep or nope? I'm going to say, I don't think that you asked this in the correct way. What? How would I supposed to ask it? How do how I? I <laughs> what? what? How would I supposed say? to ask it? Oh, well, I don't know how to answer that question, but I, I will tell you, you should have given options on this like you always do. like Because there's levels of the exclusives, right? Right? I'm taking a drink of coffee. So this is what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be more controversial. So okay. I thought it would be easier just to say yeah or no. You did the uh, the Kermit sipping the tea just then. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, 
All right, so how many... So what do you think? Do you think that most people said, yes, they do like exclusives, or no, they don't? I bet the people who back Kickstarters with exclusives said yes. Wow, that's did here's, not answer my question Here's what I think. I think no. I think no. What percentage? A lot percent. Dude, we're killing it today. I think... A lot percent. More than 75%. I think 100%. No. It's never 100%. 75.9. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was exactly right. You should have stuck. No, you changed it. No, initially I was right. You always... Well, hey, you should have gone, gone with your gut, but you didn't. <laughs> the 100% was a joke. Over 75% was my 75.9%. Now, I, what you said earlier, we did have a comment on here. Um, we did have a couple comments. One was, why is there not an indifferent opinion? Ryan said that, uh, which I understand that. Like, maybe I should have said put it something else but i did that on purpose and then um alex this was actually a good one saying that he says that if it's more content like more cards he hates it but if it's uh, like fancier components you know miniatures i'm guessing or whatever that you can't get so basically he doesn't want you to be able to he wants you to be able to go it seems like and buy the actual game the full-on game afterwards like not have extra you know pieces you know things that you can't but if it's just making it a little fancier he does like kickstarter exclusives where do you stand on this hate him you straight up hate him i do yeah, yeah. i i do and it, you know i back them and that's that's why they do it that's why companies do it because they can but my issue with it is i wish that if you're gonna do them like if you're gonna have these upgraded components with because I, I'm I'm with I, I'm kind of with who was it that said that about the components the upgraded components on uh, Alex Alex a, okay yeah. so I'm kind of with Alex on this because I would rather get the components but the problem is I would also like to have the option not even just for myself but for other people to have the option to upgrade those components at a later time you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I know some companies that will say you're going to get these at a discounted price or they'll just be included with your pledge. But later on, other people can also buy these, but they're going to have to buy them separate. So the, the advantage to backing the Kickstarter is that you're either going to get them free or at a reduced price, and then we'll sell them at a later date. That's my preference for all this. But I mean, we've said this before. Companies can do whatever they want. Yeah, I agree. That's I mean, that but it just it becomes like you know, FOMO becomes such a, a big piece of this and people back because they don't want to miss out on yeah. the content or on the components or whatever it is. And it's, it can be kind of frustrating. Yeah. I don't like them. Um, I'm honestly not a huge Kickstarter guy in general though. You know that, like, I don't really back that many Kickstarters. I'm just like, you know what? I'll wait for it to, for it to come out. Um, Cause I guess I don't, I don't get that that feeling of, oh, I'm going to really miss out because there's a million games that are coming out. Mm -hmm. That's why. Like, I feel like, eh, okay, fine. Then sometimes, you know, and, and I a lot of times want... Kickstarters are expensive, are pretty expensive too, especially if you want those deluxe components. Yeah. Then it gets, and I'm just not, you know, I'm not generally the kind of guy that drops a hundred dollars on a game. So I'm, I'm not even big on Kickstarter. Itself. I like Kickstarter for, for companies it helps with pre-order, you know, like if you're going to do a really big project, that's a that's a big risk yeah. just to make the game even for larger. I agree. With game I'm not companies. against Kickstarter. I'm just not. I just don't get that excited about it. I think it's great for small companies though that want to come up with a game. And like, mm -hmm. I mean, if Dean and I have talked about doing a board game, 
You know, we've been talking about it for a long time, just like we talked about a lot of things that we don't do. And we would do Kickstarter for sure. For sure. If, if we did it. And I think it's I think it's great for smaller Meeple companies. Town the board game. It's not going to be Maple Town, the board game. <laughs> we had this conversation that any game that says the word Meeple in it, it automatically kind of turns people, it turns you off. Another name it just I'm, doesn't I'm seem throwing as around real. is Dean's really cool board game is another option. Just throwing that one out there. I'm not going to do it with you anymore. It's over. All right. Well, Bill Gates lives in constant fear that Chuck Norris's PC will crash. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought that was a weird one, but I like it. I don't like that one as much. I, I don't like it as much, but I was like, why? What? Who did wow. come up with that one? Can we talk about what we've been playing, maybe? Woo, yep. Is that... Go for it. All right, I'm starting first. We, okay, we're going to talk about Tennessee Game Days because we went there, but I'm not going to talk about a game that I played there because we're going we're gonna to do that. We're going to get That's going to be the meat in, the, in between the two-game review sandwich that we create. That's right. That's right. Okay, quite the picture there. So the game that I That's played, I you talked about Crossfire. Crossfire. Immediately after playing Crossfire, I played the great Clue. All right, I played Clue, the Great Museum Caper. Does this interest you at all? Just based on the title of the game? No. This game's fantastic, John. I'm already bored. It's <laughs> this game's fun. What game I, is I really it? What like are you talking this. about? Clue, the Great Museum Caper. Okay. All right, so this is a giant box game like Fireball Island or Crossfire size box, like really big box, and it is a uh, it is a game where one player takes on the role of a thief, and the other players are the uh, the main characters in Clue, like Colonel Mustard, and that's all I got. <laughs> I can't think of any of the other characters. Scarlet. Scarlet. Uh, Professor Plum. Scarlet Witch. Wow. Professor Plum. The, who is Miss White? <laughs> sure. All right. So you're taking on... How do I know all these more than you? I don't know. It doesn't matter in this game because what you're really doing is you're taking on the oh, role of security guards essentially is what it is. This is a hidden movement game. Security guards. Okay. Hidden movement That's game. That's interesting. Okay. So what you're trying to do is you, if you're the thief, you're going into the museum, you're going to steal three paintings from the museum, and then you're going to escape. You're going to try to escape. If you are one of those other characters, you are trying to catch the thief in the act before they can escape. So it's all hidden movement. You, as the thief, you're going to take an action, then a player, and then the thief, and then another player, and then the thief, and then another player. Okay, so back and forth like that. They're going to move just a couple of spaces. They can move one, two, or three spaces, I think is what it was. I just played this yesterday. You'd think I would remember that part. It's one, two, or three spaces. Then they, uh, they're they all they're marking this behind this screen so no one else can see where they are. But then if they take a painting, they'll take a painting, but they won't, it, that, it won't show up that the painting is gone until the next turn. So they have a little bit of a delay to get out of that location, but then the rest of the group knows the general area where they are. Okay? Okay. Once they get three paintings, they have to escape through a window or through a door. Through a door. But here's the thing. Some of the windows and doors are locked, and they don't know which ones are locked. So they'll go up to a space, okay. try to escape, remove the lock, and if it's unlocked, they jump out and they win. If it's locked, then they're trapped, and they have to try to find another way out of the museum. Okay. There are security cameras in this game to track that player. There are um, ways that you can uh, 
sense their movement in different rooms and all of it's through so it's a roll and move game for the for the characters they're going to roll a die that tells how much they can move and then roll another die that that tells them whether they use the camera or the motion detector or whatever john this game's fun i don't care what you say it's i a, mean it's a blast i really enjoy this game i you re like what would you give it I don't know, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> I like it's a six point seven on VGG. That's actually not terrible. That's higher than I would assume. I would have thought. I would give it higher than a six point seven. What? Yes, this is a fun game. Wow, it's a really fun game. If you like hidden movement games, I really recommend this one. Now, here's the thing: it was designed in nineteen ninety one, so I, the availability. I, I doubt you can buy this on. Oh no, you can buy it on Amazon for two hundred thirty nine dollars. Or Dude, you, you should sell your copy. You can buy it for $20 <laughs> in the geek market. Cause, uh, but it's a 3D board. Oh. Look at the components. Oh, this yeah, is, it is $20. Look at, look at the pictures of the components. I mean, I'm looking at them. It looks amazing, doesn't it? That's what drew me in. It looks 90s. I bought this. I bought a used copy at Tennessee Game Days, like, I think two years ago. I think that's right. What did you pay for it? Do you remember? Uh, I probably can go back and look. It was probably like 20 bucks or something like that. Ten twenty dollars. You want me to go back and look? I don't. I mean, I don't really care that much. A lot less than two hundred thirty nine dollars. I'll say that, and it, it's probably around that twenty dollar range. It's way worth twenty dollars. I think I've really enjoyed this one. The kids really like it. We had this moment at the end, so they caught me. They saw where I was, but they still have to catch me, right? So I got my paintings, and I go to the window, and they're and the next turn they're going to catch me. So if I flip this over and it's a lock, they're they're going to win. But I flipped it over and it was unlocked. I jumped out the window. Everyone erupted in laughter and cheers and tears. It was amazing. Can we go on to my game? This game is great. <laughs> We're going to play this game. I don't care what you say. It's one of the better like hidden movement games that I've played. I'll say that. People wow. are probably yelling at the radio that have played this before. But I would say most people probably have not played this one. So you can just say whatever you want to about it. That's and right. they probably won't say, they probably won't play it. That's exactly right. <clears throat> so you can just talk it all up and no one can. I bet people say are intrigued boo. right now, though. If people like hidden movement games, they're like, "Ooh, I gotta check this one out." John fell asleep three times. Three times in, in that I kept nodding off. That is Clue, the Great Museum Caper. Check it out, or not. <laughs> well, okay. Jack was nimble. Jack was quick, but Jack still couldn't dodge Chuck Norris's roundhouse kick. Uh, that's okay. I thought it was. I thought it sounded kind of fun. It's cute. It sounds. It's fun, cute, but it's not funny. Cute is not. No, but it's still cute. Funny. I didn't say it had to be. Well, it's a Chuck Norris joke. So, so a game I've been playing lately is one that I got at Tennessee Game Days. It is a classic. In fact, it is ranked eighty-one overall on BGG, and I have never played it before. And that is what is it, Dean? I don't know. How do you not know this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You were talking about it and I fell asleep or something. I don't remember what game it was. What He's coming it? back at me. What is it? He's coming back at me because I thought his game was boring. <laughs> Tigris and Euphrates. Oh yeah, I actually do think that. Reiner can, I can fall asleep during this one. He played this game. Dean has played this on his app, on an app and didn't enjoy it that much, right Dean? That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, so I was un I was really unsure about this game because it's very tactical and I usually don't like games like that as much um i don't like the chessy type games a whole lot but there's some differences in this so you are putting pieces out on the board and um 
you're, I played this two players, which I think it would be much better, by the way, with more than two players for sure. Um, but what makes this game to me really interesting is the way you score is not like, okay, I capture their last piece. You know, uh, the way you win is there's four different colors of cubes that you're getting over the course of the game. Um, by putting your tiles next to your leaders, by you know attacking and destroying other people's stuff and all that. But the way that you win is the cube that you have the least of is your score. So I think it's a wonderful balancing act of throughout the whole game because I could dominate in blue cubes and lose miserably because I did terrible with the black tiles and the black cubes. And so you're, you really are trying to balance that out of the course of the game. You have monuments that you can build that give you constant scoring. I'm not going to go into all the, the details of the game, but I'll say that I was pleasantly surprised by this game. Uh, my wife didn't like it. And she destroyed me in it. So there you go. She usually likes games she wins. But she was not a big fan of this one. I said, you have to play it again. I mean, she like absolutely slaughtered me in this game. It wasn't even close. Maybe it was boring because of that. It just wasn't a challenge. She needs a better challenge. She needs it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe but um, I get why people really like this game. I need to try this one again. You know, I, 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 I didn't care for it on the app necessarily but that happens to me sometimes if I don't know the game. There are a lot well. of games that I play the app and I'm like, eh, and then I play the physical copy. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Yeah, yeah, that happens to me too. So this one, I think, you know, you know, I love Reiner Knizia, and I think, I think I'd probably like this one. I just need to try it face to face with maybe <laughs> I with. I feel a bigger like you group. would like it because it, I, the way that you fight kingdoms kind of reminds me of of Blood Rage a little bit. Like because you're whenever you join the kingdoms and you're about to battle, the first player. You count up the tiles, depending on what type of an internal external conflict is, but you count up the tiles of a certain color, and then the attacker throws down more tiles from behind their screen, and then you have the chance to beat them. So, how many different types of giants are in this game? Like, is there a fire giant? That's and the problem. A mountain giant. You're never going to like it because of that. Yeah. And there's not miniatures. Yep. So. Sorry. Shallow Dean. Sorry, not going to try it. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So I, I, you know, I've only played it once, but I, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to play this game again. Yep. I'll have to try, try that one out too. All right. That is what we've been playing. That's now it. Now get ready for another game we've been playing, Brass Birmingham. All right, we are back talking about Brass Birmingham. Brass Birmingham. And we are going to attempt to just kind of give a brief... That was super uh, American when I said Birmingham. I noticed that. Birmingham is how I would know. But for the song, it sounded better like that. Okay. All right. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was born ready. We're going to attempt to give kind of a brief overview of this game, just giving just the general gist of the gameplay um, we're going to leave out a lot of details, I'm sure, because there's a this is a heavier game, right? This is a weight 3.92 out of 5 on Board Game Geek. It is ranked number 4 at this moment, number 4 overall. That's crazy, isn't it? Of all time. I know. Games. I saw that. I two, saw that. It's a 2 to 4 player game. It was published in 2018, 60 to 120 minutes. This is a Martin Wallace game along with uh, Gavin Brown and Matt Tolman. The art is by Lena Cosette, David Forrest, Damien uh, Mamoliti, and it's by Roxley Games. 
All right, so Brass Birmingham is is a lot like other Martin Wallace games. Would you agree with that? I mean, there are similarities. So it's card driven. Yeah. And this game is just like Nanny Narking, John. No. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> no. It is, so you have this board, and it is a map of all these different locations, and then there's these networks between the locations. So you've yeah. got rails in between them, you've got canals in between them, but you can't place rails until the second half of the game. The first part of the game, you're only going to be placing canals. So on your turn, you're going to take two actions. And on each action, you're going to be playing a card, whether or not the card relates to your action or not, if that makes sense. So basically, the cards kind of work as a timer. The first era is that canal era. Once you get through that entire deck, you're going to shuffle them up and you're going to do it again, all over again. And the second era is going to be you're going to lose all the canals. And you're going to lose all the canals. You're going to lose all of your level one buildings. And then you're going to move on to the second stage of the game. So basically for your actions, you can build. You can build buildings that you're going to be using to sell resources, gain points, lots of different things that you can do with those. You're going to network, which is, again, either putting out the canals or the rails, depending on what era you're in. You're going to develop. So I didn't mention this, but you have this main board, but each player has their own individual board. And their individual board is full, full of buildings, all kinds of of different buildings. A lot of tiles to set up. A lot of tiles. The setup is, is... pretty interesting yeah so when you develop you can get rid of some of those lower level buildings so that you can start building higher level buildings and um just kind of a a, it's kind of like a quicker upgrade a quicker upgrade that's exactly right john uh you can sell once you reach to these different locations once you network to different locations you can sell the goods from different locations right so you can sell what are the goods that you can sell in this game you Uh, can pottery uh the manufacturer goods um yeah, yep. you don't, uh, cotton. Cotton, there's, yeah. yes. Um, so you, you sell these goods, and you can also take a loan. I'll talk about that in just a second. And then you can uh, and then you can scout. Yeah, and scouting is whenever, see, I'll tell you something, Dean. I'm going to tell you something. That <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes, sometimes Martin Wallace games, especially like Nanny Narking with the card play, it can be a little lucky. But with scouting, you're discarding um, a card to scout and then you're discarding two cards to get these other two cards that basically let you kind of do whatever you want to do so it only takes one action so i really like that part of it yeah yeah it it definitely takes out a lot of that that luck value of the game then back to the loan so with a loan each round you're going to take income okay and so where you are in the income track tells you how much income you're going to be able to take Mm -hmm. if you take a loan you take 30 pounds you just take up you take the 30 pounds and then you move back three levels on your income. So, for example, at the very beginning of the game, your income is zero. So you move back three levels. So your income then becomes negative three. But loans sometimes can be really bad in games. Not so bad in this game. You, you, it's, it's a money boost. And I saw people, we'll talk about this in a little while, you can take lo- loans the entire game and not have a high income. You got to spend okay. money to make money. That's it's right. like the real world, I reckon. That's right. And so you play through those two eras, and then you count up points. Whoever has the most points from, you know, you get points from the buildings. Uh, you get points from your network. So if you have a, a rail in between two cities, and they'll have these little victory point symbols on those cities, yeah, uh, you're going to get points based on your rail or your canal with, and, and how many of those symbols are on the tiles surrounding mm-hmm. on either side of the, the rail. Did I say that right? Yes. And so you'll count up your points. Whoever has the most points wins, yeah. like most games. Let's dive in. Let's dive. Deep dive. All right. Art so and components. Art and components. 
Well, you may go first. Sure. Um, all right. Well, the art is nice. I like the art. I like how... Um, do Is there a two-sided board on all the copies, or is that just the deluxe copy? Oh, you know, I don't know. I think it's on all copies. Okay. I think that's right. I like that, because it's really dark. Like, a, like, one of the sides and one is greener, and it's still not super light and super bright or whatever, but it does it does have a darkish feel to this game. Yeah. But I think it... I like it. I think that it looks good. I like the art on the, on the game. I think the components are... Um, are fine, you know. Um, yeah, I think they're fine. Like the the poker chips in the uh, what are those called? Who who the did iron it? clays? Iron clays. Thank yeah. you. Th- those are really nice, but they're not cheap. Yeah, they're not. So we we've played this. We've played the regular version of this game. We've played the deluxe version. And as far as we can tell, I think that's the the biggest issue uh, issue. That's the biggest upgrade in the deluxe is the iron clays. You also have an insert. That's that seems to be pretty nice as well. Yeah. I will say this though, with that deluxe version comes a bigger box. When we played just the regular version, the regular retail version of this game, the, the cardboard money, this is coming from Dean, the, the deluxified guy. I think I know what you're going to say. I'm way okay with the regular retail version of this game for a couple reasons. One, you get a smaller box, which is really nice. The box is actually, considering how much game you get in this box, the small box is nice, I think. Mm -hmm. On top of that, at the end of each round, like after everyone has taken their turns, what you're going to do is determine player order by who has spent the least amount of money. So if you spent the least amount of money, you go first. And then, you know, you go down from there for for whoever spends the most is going to be last, which I think is an interesting mechanism in the game. Well, with the iron clays, they're different colors, but they're all the same size. With the cardboard, they're different size. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that they're different size money tokens because it's a little bit easier just to look at it and see who has spent the most money, I think. Slightly. It's not a huge deal. But surprisingly, I was okay with the I, cardboard because of that. Yeah, I like the iron clays better, but I probably wouldn't spend the money for them. Yeah, I like. The, I don't know if I like them that much better. I like the feel of it better for sure. Like it just. It's, I mean, I nice. like to sit there and clink them. Yeah, clink, uh-huh. clink, clink, clink. It's a uh, it's a head game. Like you can get somebody's head. Like look at all the money I have. That's it. You just frolic with your money. Fro- what? That's not accurate. That's not right. So, what do you think about the gameplay? Um, maybe I wasn't done with the art and components. <laughs> Are you not done with the art and components? I like the art. Okay, thanks. I think it's good. the The dark side of the board was really dark, but it was but it was okay. Like it, it doesn't like hinder you from being moon. able to see, but you can see the art better on the lighter side of the board. That's actually that's that is correct. All right, now I'm I'm ready to move on to the gameplay. <laughs> okay, then go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> If you've listened before, you know that I like Martin Wallace, right? This is um, this is no uh, nothing hidden in that information, right? We talk about hidden movement. Oh, I, I mean, we get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like Martin Wallace games. I really like Nanny Narking. I really like Australia, and uh, this one has some similarities to uh, to some to some games in the past, like the mm-hmm. the card play. Uh, how that works is is. I'm gonna say similar to Nanny Narking. Obviously, this game is nothing like that. I don't think, but the but it the, is nothing like Nanny Narking. It's not, but that's the, exactly right. But the card play kind of gives me some some thoughts of Nanny Narking and how like that's kind of his thing, right? Playing. I understand that statement. Yeah, like cards yes. into into the game. the The other thing 
this is a positive for me is that the theme is really strong in this game. I feel like if you feel like you're really becoming a tycoon, up, huh? yeah, you feel like you're building up this industry. And the player interaction, again, like a lot of Martin Wallace games, is really strong in this one. Yeah. You're getting points from other players. You are building, like, if somebody is is building up their network, you're able to kind of use that to be able to ship goods. And, you know, I I love the high player interaction in this game. And... And the theme, and they just work so well together. And I really, I like that. I think it's cool. And that's like, for me, those are kind of trademarks of Martin Wallace games that I've played. Yeah, I agree about that on the, for a Euro game, it is a lot of player interaction. Now, there are definitely Euro games that have a lot of player interaction, but there's a a lot of them also that you kind of solo in or you're, you know, taking tiles or something where there's a little player interaction, but there's not a whole lot. There is a ton of player interaction in this game, which leads to a lot of tense moments. It did to me. Like, I would have cards in my hand. I'm thinking about building, you know, a, a manufacturing place. But I, especially now in the first um, era, only you can only build one per um, city. Only one one building type per city. So you're like, it can be really tight about what's getting put out there and what's getting built out there. And you're looking at the other players and what they're building. And wow, there there can be some tense moments. Yeah. Did you feel like that much? Or did you feel like you were kind of able to do... It depends on where you're at. Sometimes I watched players kind of go to their side of the board and a lot of people didn't infiltrate their side as much. But then in the middle of the board where there's so much going on, there seems to be a lot of that in the uh-huh. game. Yeah. And I, th- I really enjoyed that, even though it was disappointing a lot of times when someone beat me to what I was going to do. Right, right. And that happened. Yeah. For sure. But the other thing that's really big about the player interaction is the way the coal, the way the iron, and the way the beer works uh-huh. in this game. Yeah. So, like, um, with iron, it's a little bit less because when you build an iron mine factory, I don't know. Mine. I don't know. When you build that, um, it's 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 easier for those to get taken away because works. you don't have to have an ironworks because you don't have to have a connection. You don't have to build canals or railways to connect. So if I'm building something that requires iron, I can just grab it from the other side of the board. But with coal, you have to have the connections. And you have to either and, – and if you don't have iron on the board, you can just go to the iron market and, and buy it. No problem. Well, with, potentially, if there, if there's a way to do that at that point. What do you mean? Like you can't buy the the coal until you make it to. I'm the, talking about iron right now. Oh. Iron, you just buy. Right, but I thought you moved into coal. I'm no, sorry. no, I'm sorry. See, I misheard he what wasn't, you said. He wasn't paying no, attention. No, actually, Meeple I was Town. totally paying attention. But as I was going to say next is when you do coal, it's the opposite. I got you. Yeah. You have to build. You have to either take coal from the board from another player that's connected to your network, or you have to be connected to a source. Uh, on the outside of the board, on the side of the board, excuse me. And if you don't have that, then you can't go to the coal market, which can lead, especially in the second era, when every all the canals get wiped out and you're having to rebuild those connections. If you don't have a way to get coal, you might get hosed. Yes. Because to build tracks in the second round, you have to have coal. Yeah. And so I really like that about the game. And I like the way that iron works different than coal, though I know some people might think, there's a lot of little rules that you have to remember in this game. And it, some people, I could see you, especially the first time, second time even, it being a little fiddly because of stuff like that. Um, and it was. I mean, we played the game with people who have <laughs> first, played it before. Well, first time not. The second time, yeah, go ahead. What were well, you the say? first time that we played it, the guy who taught us, Michael, who taught us, 
he knew the game extremely well, yeah. which was so helpful because Super there was helpful. a lot of, wait, can I do this? Am I doing this right? Kind of questions. Or you're not doing this right. Right. Or or him you you can't know, telling do that. us, you know, you're you're always forgetting every time you spend money, you have to put it onto your little player marker to determine yeah. the order. I forgot that every single turn of the first and... I kept wondering, I kept thinking, how can yeah, you the first game? keep That's... forgetting that? <laughs> <laughs> because you don't there is there any other game where you spend money and it has to go to a certain location other than like I'm sure there player? is I'm, I can't think of something off the top of my but head but it was though. it was hard for me to remember but exactly what you said about the coal especially how the coal works I love well and the iron how the how that plays out like the interaction between players because people if if you want to go heavy in the coal mines and allow other and, and kind of not allow but maybe even slightly force other people to take your coal to use yours so it's that it this, flips because whenever you get rid of the coal it does flip the tile right. which will get you victory points you don't get victory points until the tile flips that's right which and is so huge. like the player interaction there is you know it's a chance sometimes like if i build this somebody might use my coal like i i went the strategy one of the games that i play i went with the strategy of trying to build coal mines early on which I hadn't done before, and it did not pay off because nobody used the coal from my coal mines, and I ended up getting stuck with those buildings, yeah. not scoring me points in that first era, which is is you know. And the first, it's and tough. if they're level one, they're gone. That's right, and they no weren't. Points. Like I purposely didn't make them level one. I, I developed so that I could get my level two uh, and and level three. Which that's a good there. reason why you would develop if anyone's right, wondering. Right. Yeah. So you would develop because you 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 might want to you don't want to take the risk of losing that level one building in that after the first era and not scoring any points because that's what happened to me. I'm pretty sure the first the game. game we played, I had one of my buildings I lost, didn't score any points, and yeah. that stunk because I spent money for that. And, yeah, but the the way all of that plays out, now it plays out with all the resources, right? It plays that way with uh, with the with the beer. It plays out that way with the iron. It plays out that way, that way with the coal. I did, yeah, I and wanted I to mention that player interaction. Yeah, the, the beer thing is great in this game, though, which yeah. is not in Lancashire. Like I, 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 I prefer Birmingham, even though I have only played the app of. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about the differences. But one of the differences that I really like is the beer play, because whenever you're wanting to um, export goods, so if you put like a manufacturing good tile on the board. It's, again, not worth anything until you flip it. Well, in order to export it, not only do you have to have the connections to the menu, to the expo- exporting spot, you also have to have a beer to pay your workers, which is really intriguing. It starts off with beer, like one beer on each of those stations. But then as soon as that beer has gone, in order for you to ship anything to flip over, you got to spend someone's beer or your own beer. And again, they couldn't be other players. So you could... At the end of the last game, I started building a lot of beer because I noticed a lot of people hadn't had tiles flipped over and like they're going to have to use it. Of course, it did burn me at the end of the game uh, when I built one too many um, beer factories and I didn't get that flipped over and it was worth no points. Brewery. Brewery. Yeah, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Beer factory. (laughs) Anyway, I love it. I love the player interaction this game, man. It is is serious. It is. And because like there's so many different strategies to win this game like we've already mentioned several of those like i did the the coal strategy early on that did not pay off john doing the late game brewery strategy can really pay off because it seems like more often than not that's the thing that kind of gets left out but there's the tension in that too because you part of you you want to build the brewery because you need to use the beer yourself but you know that if i build this that beer is going to be gone 
like immediately it's going to be gone because other people are going to use it more than likely. And so it's it's like this tension of the timing, almost like in like a Puerto Rico type tension. Like you don't yeah. want to be the first one that that ships or you know you don't want to be the one that produces because then somebody else would be able to ship and take advantage of it it's kind of that way in this game you don't necessarily want to do the brewery because of like somebody else taking all the beer off of there but that's right the positive of it is when it flips over you're going to get those points and get the benefits of that so and, and what's so cool about the game like dean mentioned earlier that you're putting your money on the player turn order the, the, the on your player because that determines the turn order so what you what you want to do if you really need to use the beer is figure out a way to not spend a lot of money to get the beer on so then you can go first next turn and then use the beer. So those are really interesting decisions that you're making because if you do put beer out and then you're going to be last in turn order, there's a good chance at depending on what point of the game it is, if other players um, aren't building beer that it's going to be gone as Dean said. But the other thing I want to say about that is every game that we play felt so different. Yes. Because it really depends on what other people are doing because you have that market, the market manipulation and all that stuff. So if everyone's coming out with these iron works, then iron's not as valuable. If everyone's coming out with beer breweries, then breweries aren't as valuable. So you have to constantly be shifting in the game and really obviously paying huge amounts of attention to what other players are doing. And you, you have to be flexible in this game. I think if you go into it with a, I like to come up with a game plan and I don't want to shift from it, you will be bad at this game. I think so too. Yeah, because you have to, you have to know what other players are doing. If everyone's yeah. building the same thing, you're not going to get the benefits. You that can't you need. do that. But you, what you want to do is try to benefit the other players, but benefit yourself more. If that makes sense. Yep. Right. So, like the with the beer thing, you, you want them to use your beer because it's going to help you. Out, help you flip the tile. But you don't want it to help them out so much that they're going to get more points than you than you are. Yeah, and, and there's other times where you might want to use the beer, but then you're like, dang it, if I use this beer, then Dean's going to flip that tile over, which is then going to not only give him points, but give him income, and he'll be able to go up his income a little bit. And so you may be thinking, well, let me figure out how I can do the make a brewery so that I don't have to use Dean's. Mm -hmm. um, and so those are, it's, I don't know, man, that's really interesting. You know, you mentioned the scout action uh, earlier. And, yeah. You know, in card games like this, you can, you know, one of your big complaints with Nanny Narking, I'm not going to make a big comparison here, but in Nanny Narking was the, the luck of the draw. And you didn't like that, you know, you're really kind of beholden to the cards that you have in your hand. I think in this game, I don't think that that's the case. Like you can, you can get really messed up by the cards that you have. You but, can, but with the scout action that helps with it, and scout action basically is just taking away. It's it's making you take a turn where you don't get anything that turn. But the benefit that you get from having those new cards in your hand is really really good. And so like it will help you. It'll it'll even out in the in the long run. But even besides that, typically there's stuff that you can do right. I mean, you have yep. to you have to get some really bad cards in your hand, and you have eight in your hand at all times. So it's typically you're going to be able to do good stuff with the cards that are there. Yep. Yeah, I I do have to say that's a slight knock on the game for me is a slight knock is that there's def because if you you have to use a turn to scout, and turns can be precious in this game. So if you have to scout two or three times because you're just not drawing cards that are helpful for you, that can be hard to overcome. I'm not did, saying that it. I'm not saying that it can't be overcome. In any of the games, did you did you do that? I had a scout t once. 
or twice. Okay. So in uh, in one game. So I'm trying to think. Like nobody, I scouted in both games that we played, but I think it might have just been once in both games. But no. what I guess what I'm saying is, is that people who didn't have to scout, i.e., Jonathan, won the game. And I I don't think that that's why he won the game, but it helps. Yeah, I would tend to. I think I'm gonna disagree there because. Michael absolutely destroyed us. I mean, just destroyed. He's played it a bunch, and we had not. We got killed in that game. We did, for sure. But he scouted twice, I think. Yeah. And it's it's a knock because you're wasting a turn, but it makes your other turns so much stronger because then you can do anything you want with those cards that you have. That's true. That's true. So I think that it – I really think it balances out, and it's it's just the the timing on that. This game is all about timing. Yeah. When to do the right thing, and – if you scout at the right time, I don't think it's a bad thing. Now, the other thing I mentioned earlier is that with the loan action, this was interesting. So in both games, I had higher uh, – in, in, in both of the games – I played this – we played this twice at, at Tennessee Game Days. This is what we're basing this off of, two, two four-player games. In both games, I had the highest income in both of those. And you think, wow, that's really good because I can buy anything that I want. Well, I lost both games as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jonathan, in that second game – had an income just to give comparison so i think my income was somewhere around like 17 or 18 jonathan's income at its peak was three and he took probably three loans in the game i think i don't remember i think that's right and and he ended up beating us so i think it was interesting because you think i want to have a high income yeah but that's not you don't have to you don't have to have a super no you don't no um now it makes it more difficult to buy buildings and things like that but but you can still, you know, you can still make money. So it's it's interesting how that played out. Yeah, and and when I when I'm talking about the card play, that is a to me a very slight knock because it also does bring you the oh man, I wonder what I'm going to draw next, which is cool. I'm the main. It is a very slight, but I I, I wanted to make mention because some people just hate any kind of luck at all, mm-hmm. and if there's any kind of luck at all, then they're not going to be happy. Now I think this mitigates it as good as you, well as you can. Yeah, but. I mean, you could, yeah, you know. That's right. That's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more knock, and then I'm, I think we're ready to move into our final yep. thoughts. But one knock for me is is playing this at four players. There is downtime in this game, and the problem yeah. is there's not really any way around that that I can see because even if you know the game really well, like you've played it hundreds of times, if you're playing in four players, you can't really fully plan for your turn until it comes back around. You can have some yeah. ideas of what you want to do, but the the game board is going to change every other player's turns are going to impact what you're going to do and so what you want to do you might not be able to and then you have to replan everything out in your mind so that can be a knock yeah um but maybe not enough of a knock if you don't mind that it's going to take a little bit longer at four now i do think i've heard that it scales well i'm only going off four player games of this i heard that it scales well even down to two but I think three might be the sweet spot i'm just guessing on that i'm feeling i'm feeling you on that but i did not as you're going to see in just a minute, I did not dislike it at at four players at all. So. Yeah, let me 100% agree with Dean. That is by far, I really like this game. I'm going to say that. By far the biggest knock is the downtime. There were literally times when I'm, I'm like, and because of the way that the turns can change based on how much money you spend, you could go first one round and last the next round. And with a lot of thinkiness that's going on, in a four-player game, literally, I can go away for half an hour. Sure. I mean, really. Yeah. And, and that's that's a that's a that's a a 
a big reason I'm going to give it a really good score, but it won't be in my upper echelon of very best games of all time. And and that's why, because because of that downtime. And like you said, Dean, even now it's going to get better the more you play it, I think. But sometimes you have to rethink your whole strategy. Like you've got something, you've got a plan A and a plan B. You can't do plan A because someone screwed it up. You start to do plan B and you go, oh, shoot, I, I messed that up. It, it's going to happen. Yeah. And Oh, now i got to rethink how, what I'm going to do here. So yeah, it, it, that that was that was a little bit of a bummer because um, there was plenty of times where there was I would say at least fifteen minutes, ten to fifteen minutes between my turns. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot of downtime. Yeah. Oh yeah, for that's sure, a lot of downtime. All right, let's hear your score then. What you got? I got to go first. Yeah, you've already started. Oh yikes! I'm waffling on this, Dean. That's why I was going to let you go first. Okay, I'll go first. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought that I was going to have to, like, convince you to. All right. I didn't know if I was going to like this one. I love Martin Wallace. Uh, The games that I've played, I've really enjoyed. I thought you wouldn't like this one. This is on the the heavier side. I've played the same thing as what John said. I've played Brass Lancashire, the app version. That's the only version I've played. And it was difficult for me to get into. So this one... I had expectations that I might like it, but, you know, I I wasn't going into this thinking, wow, this is going to be the best game ever, even though it's rated so high. All that being said, man, I love this game. Love it. Love this game. This game is a nine for me. Wow. For sure. I even, for me, I kind of waffled on a nine and a nine and a half because I love it that much. Wow. Wow. That is a stunner for me because it's almost a four and you haven't rated that high of a weighted game that high have you i'm gonna go back and look while you're talking you should a little bit but yeah i'll go back and look this is it definitely is on the higher end of the weight but it doesn't feel that heavy that the heaviness comes in like you can really not do well in this game right and <laughs> and i don't feel like i did and in fact like two turns into my games that i played i was like oh i've already lost this game you know like it kind of gives you that feeling but the challenge is I want to do so much better. I want to be really, really good at this game. And yeah. I, after I get done with the game, I think about other things I could have done better and how I could have interacted with other players more. I, Yep, I love this game. Love it. I want to own it, but I don't. Yeah, so maybe you convinced me, Dean. I was waffling back and forth between eight and a half and a nine. Um, and the biggest reason I was leaning towards the eight and a half earlier was because of that downtime thing not only because of the downtime but also because honestly dean i don't know if i'm gonna be able to play this game a lot because we talked about this like this is i usually if i'm gonna rate a game this high i really want to own it i don't think my wife would like this very much i think it's a little too many rules and i think that she would get a little overwhelmed by trying to keep up with well this is what the iron does this is what the beer does this is what the coal does oh yeah i can you know just there's a lot of different things i could talk about with that but it is stinking good yep it It is is a really really good game with a ton of player interaction which i generally like i'm gonna agree with you dean this is a high score i'm giving this a nine out of ten all right i really really like this game I like it a lot. I thought you might give it a little bit of a, a lower score, um, yeah. B- based on what you're based on what you're saying, because you know that does impact it. Now, here's the other thing about this, and I think this is a reason why it's not a nine and a half for me, is because you can't really play this game like once a year. It seems like because of the got to remember all the rules, all and those everything. little fiddly rules, and yeah. I, you know, it's I feel like it's fairly intuitive once you get it. 
But then if you have to go back and remember all those rules, that's going to be a challenge. So I agree. If with I that. don't get to this to the table, you know, more than once a year, then yeah, it's going to be a challenge. That'd be tough. Yep, I agree. So there we go. All right, so I'm looking right now on BGG, looking at some of my top rate top rated games, and this is the this is the heaviest game that I have rated this high. I think. Well, I don't have all my ratings in here either, but based on what I do have rated, Root is close. It's like a 3.6, I think, and then uh, Terraforming Mars is like a 3. Point something. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the highest the highest weighted game for any of these that I have rated on here. That's so. what I thought. That's why I was that's why I was surprised, but I understand what you're saying too though about there is there's a lot of little rules that you have to remember, but it Maracaibo doesn't feel is about the same. Okay. You and you liked Maracaibo a lot. It was like an eight and a half, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You like this better then? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. That's good. It's uh, a really good I understand like I get why this is ranked number four and I easily get why a lot of people would say this is their favorite game of all time. Okay. Um, now, is it worth it? That's Price-wise? what I'm doing. I've already got it up. Okay. So on board game prices, the now there's of course the deluxe version and the regular Joe version. The regular Joe version, uh, there's plenty of websites where it's fifty dollars or a little bit less, like forty seven, forty eight dollars. So totally worth it. That oh, for me. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now it is if you're just looking at components, it's the components aren't amazing, but they are. I mean, it is what it is. They're just, it's just a bunch of cardboard yeah. and then some cubes. That's pretty much it. And then beer barrels. I agree barrels. with that. Yep. But I, ca- I can't rate a game that high and the game be $50 or under, I don't think, and say it's not worth it. Of course it is. Yeah. But will I buy it? I probably won't. I don't know. If I can get a good deal on I will. I just If my wife doesn't really like a game, it's probably not going to get played. I don't think she would like it this that much. And our friend Jonathan has it, and that's who we would play this with. If probably. he didn't have it, I would 100% buy it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And I, I'm still considering like I probably will looking for I a like deal or trading for it or something like that. So yeah, I like it that much. I'm with you. Now, the deluxe version, it's difficult to come by because the printings are so spread out, it seems like. But it's $80, if I remember right. Uh, $80 yes, plus yes. shipping. Is that worth it? For essentially just iron clays. Uh, not for... Mm, it depends on how much you like it. If it was one of my top games of all time, which it's pretty, it's going to be in my top 50, ranking it a nine. I don't know. That's a borderline one for me. They're pretty. They are. <laughs> it's a, it's borderline. I would probably lean towards no. I, I mean, when I have the choice, I'm definitely going for the cheaper version because it's not worth it for me. I, I'm with you on this, surprisingly. Yeah. The box is smaller. It's nice. And yeah. I don't think it's necessary. So I'm, I'm, I'm for the retail version. But there that is... Go. A nine from both of us. That's that's pretty high praise. Wow, we agreed. For this 2018 Amazing. game. Now let's talk about the rest of Tennessee game days. All right, so this weekend, Dean and I got to go to Tennessee game days, which is a, uh, a small ish convention i mean it's pretty good for tennessee it's just not a like big origins and stuff like that's a local convention they do a fantastic job tennessee game days does i thoroughly enjoy going every time don't you dean yeah i absolutely do you know yeah. we we didn't get to go the entire time this time because of uh, i had to go on yeah we had some trip stuff and all that yeah uh but I'm, I'm interested to know the numbers on this one because the numbers seemed a little lower now like a few days it before- was open though it was bigger right didn't they have it open no, it was, it was was it the exact same size. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was the same size. But I'm wondering if the numbers are down, and if they are, I wonder if it's it's related to coronavirus because within the week before Tennessee game days happening, they announced that there That's was true. 
a case in Williamson County in which Franklin, is which we is where we were right outside Nashville. So that's exactly right. But hey, they listen, so they will let us know, and we can get, keep you an update on that. That's if right. you're in the Tennessee area, Kentucky, Georgia, if you're around, it's a great local convention. It we is would so much. Fun. We would so recommend it, and would love to see y'all out there. So they yep. do a really, really great job. Dean, to open up, I want to know there is a virtual flea market that takes place, which I get so excited about every year because I can get rid of a bunch of stuff and then um yeah i pretty much spend most of that money on getting new stuff uh so dean what did you pick up well i would say this year unlike last year i believe i spent more than i made okay um so i we're we're talking about this is just an idea we're floating i'm gonna throw this out there we're not actually we don't we don't have any plans for this but we said what if one day we do a meeple town convention that'd be kind of cool and so with that thought, I thought I'd really like to have a section for the Spiel des Jahres winners. And so I'm, I try to pick up some of those if I could for good deals. So I got like Zularetto, I got uh, Torres and Broom Service because that's you know, Kingdom Builder, some of, the, um, some of those winners. And so I picked up some of those. I got rid of some games. I picked up Pret-a-Porter and Nations and Civilization, Nations and Civilization, because I really want to do a, uh, a Civ episode at some point either on That'd here or the youtubes yep um cave versus cave a two-player game that i enjoy grizzled uh let's see and then probably the, you bought grizzled i thought you already had that no i okay. did not i had i'd wanted it. i got a really good deal on that it was like uh, seven dollars i think yeah seven dollars and summoner wars got for super cheap the master set with three expansions in it for like 20 bucks, 20 bucks. yeah that was a good deal uh, Majesty for the Realm, which was not really a from the convention. It was one that I've been waiting to get from Jonathan for a while uh, to grab from him. And uh, Kingdom Builder, did you mention that? I did. And okay. then, uh, uh, oh, where did they go? Oh, Gingerbread House and Guardians Call was through a trade. And then I got Ginkopolis. Ah, that's right. You spent the big dollars. They well, actually, no, it wasn't because, that bad. No, it, was it wasn't because they had announced that they're doing a reprint of that, and yeah. so prices dropped down a little bit. Uh, quite not a little bit, like a lot. It was this was much cheaper than than the ones that they had listed in the past. So pick that one up. The copy's in great condition. I'm super excited about it's that. It's in really good condition. It is. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. I love I that game a out. lot. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's the one I'm most excited that you got. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm most excited that you got Nations. I've never played Nations, and I've always thought that I would when I've watched playthroughs that it would be a great game. I'm mostly excited about Nations, probably then Gink, and then probably Pret de Porte. I think I'm more excited about Civilization, uh, Sid Meier's Civilization, than I am about Nations. Really? I think. Wow. I think it's going to be more thematic. Okay. Just kind of looking through it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'll like this. There you go. Well, I sold a lot more games than I purchased. I sold uh, 17 games, and I'm not going to go through the ones that I sold. I purchased Caverna. Uh, I've never owned that one, and now I kind of have the... The Holy Trinity of Caverna and um, Agricola and A Feast for Odin. Of course, then you could add a fourth of Fields of Arl, which I have. <laughs> I really like Uva. <laughs> all of his games. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I also bought, speaking of Civ games, uh, The Flow of History, Tasty Minstrel. I don't know how good that's going to be. That was one I kind of took a flyer on. Um, and I don't know. I'm interested in that. I also bought Turn A, which is the card game, basically, version of Trois, which I'm pretty excited about playing. Pulsar 2849. I'm super excited about that. I've never played that. I did play Friday. I picked it up for $5. 
dollars. So I thought I would, wouldn't be. I played it. It was pretty fun, actually. I think you would like that one if you like you like deck building. There so. were a bunch of copies of Friday available. I think that you would like it, Dean. I, I, when I was okay. playing, I was like, oh yeah, he would like this game. Um, it didn't blow my mind, but it was cool for what it was. Then Tigris and Euphrates, as I mentioned earlier, which I did enjoy. Also picked up Trismegistus, and then finally I picked up uh, some Terraforming Mars overlays, wooden overlays. So okay, that's pretty nice. Caverna is the one I'm probably most excited about out of those. Maybe. Yeah, for sure, probably. Yeah. For you, I would, yeah. There was another one available that I really considered, and I was like, yeah, John got it. I don't need that. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really glad to own. I'm excited to own Caverna, and I haven't played it in, in about a year, so I can't wait to play that again. Okay, so this one was a little bit different for us. One, because I didn't get to stay the whole time. Uh, John didn't either. So this, that we was a We had a, a day and a half of gaming. We didn't. I mentioned last year that one of the things I really enjoy is kind of going around and teaching games. Well, because we didn't have a whole lot of time, we actually we stuck with gaming together and with a couple other people, but I did not branch out as much as I normally love. I love going around and We only got to meet people. like a couple new people. Yeah, we just didn't have time. So yeah. I'm, I was sad about that, but it's still, for what it is, I just love Tennessee Game Days a lot. So let's talk about what we got to play. And yeah. we can talk about all of these because we played them all together. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be fairly... Excuse me. We'll oh be my. fairly brief oh because we ha- we're doing another review, and you know we're trying to keep our episodes not super long. So first game, yep, was Brass Birmingham. We don't have to talk about that nope. one. Loved it. Yep. All right. <laughs> Check. Yep. All right. Second game that we got to play after that, I'm guessing a Tumbletown. I don't. I, don't I have actually these in have order. this. Um, I do. Have do. I have. Yeah, I do. Okay. Tumbletown. Yes. Tumbletown. Okay. Yep. Uh, so this was a preview copy that we got for the Kickstarter. We just put yep. up a video. And we mentioned this on the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't get to play it, uh, and I did this time. What did you think about it? Uh, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. So Yeah, it, it's... It's it's a I, I feel like Dean and I we mentioned on the uh, Kickstarter preview that it's, it seems a little abrupt to me like I wish the game was a little bit longer yeah um, but if you're looking for a really quick and I mean really quick twenty minute engine building dice manipulation game then it's worth it but again I would rather it have been a little longer and feel like I'm building a little bit more so I thought I think it's okay I'm I'm not overly excited about it but I think they did a good job with it yeah. Yeah. All right. The next game that we played was one that Dean brought, and that's Hadara. Hadara. So Andy Matthews from Meeple Mountain told me he was going to teach me this game, but I really, I just didn't have time to like schedule anything this year. And so uh, I, I went ahead and got it and learned how to play on my own. So, <laughs> so I was bummed that I didn't get to play with him and, and that crew, but I still, you know, I've been talking a lot about games that where you move up on a track like Endeavor, like tapestry hadara is like a very purified version of moving up on a track it's like seven wonders meets something like tapestry or endeavor where you're moving up on a track would you agree with that i don't know card drafting i get what you're saying you're moving up on the track that's that's what it, it is. definitely doesn't the thing that i like to so track moving up doesn't excite me unless something different happens why i'm moving up the tracks so meaning like in tapestry you're building something here you're just it's just keeping track of your scores kind of which it can get you better cards so something different does kind of happen but i i get excited about that or russian railroads where you're unlocking new things and stuff so um so i thought the track thing was was i mean it's fine but it wasn't super exciting in this you're you're unlocking things here's the here's the thing you're unlocking things, but they're not on the track. Like they're not physically. You do unlock the, on the the track. the blue whatever and the red. Yeah, I guess you do. And then you have to 
build up your gold to buy new cards for your income. Yeah. I guess when you're unlocking the things, what I, what's it's not like it's different. Like when you're unlocking the blue things, you're you're unlocking more spaces to multiply your um what is it? Well, you're, either you're, moving up on yeah, the track on, or moving points, up on the track, yeah. And then when you do the red things, you're getting more victory points basically and it can unlock it can give you randomly some points um i mean moving up on the track or you can just get some coins yeah Yeah. and i guess what i'm saying is i like it when it's changing a lot you understand what i'm saying i'm with you well like tapestry that's why i really like tapestry because it's it's evolving every time you move up on the track it's something wildly different potentially yeah or different and so that but anyways i look look forward look forward to a review on that i think I, i think i like this one more than john did if i had to guess yeah you do but um but I don't like it as much as Endeavor or Tapestry. But it's still, I, I, I had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, I'm a little worried on this one that I did enjoy it. I'm a little worried, though, that it might get a little samey. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seems like the same types of things, as again, even going up the track, the same. You're kind of doing the same thing a lot. You are, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little worried that that might get a little samey. Still be a, a fun game, but nothing I'm over the moon about. Yeah, the variability comes from the from the purple cards, which is kind of like the purple cards in Seven yeah. Wonders. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. The very the variability might not be super high. Yep. The fourth game was brass. Uh-huh. The fifth <laughs> game, y'all, Meeple Town. The fifth game. Dean finally played Great Western Trail. It was okay. <laughs> you are full of a giant bag of dung. I am. This game was amazing. Yes. It is. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, I I don't know. Eventually, we probably will do some sort of review. We want to get some reviews out of older games that we really like. Yeah. Uh, I think at this moment, I think I like Great Western Trail better than Maracaibo. I need to play them both back to back. But I, I think, but there are things that I like better about Maracaibo. But I think sure. like the overall experience of this was very. It was very positive. I loved it. It's flow like after playing Brass and, and which is an amazing game, and some of these other games. There's just a really good flow mm-hmm. to this. Is why I rated Great Western Trail on the on the YouTube's as my number two game of all time. Like it's that high for me. It ju- it feels like Concordia, where it se- feels people you know overuse the word elegant but it f- seems like it just flowing really smooth it's amazing with your um hand, with the building your deck that you have trying to manipulate those hands to send the cattle but there's a lot of different paths that you can take building buildings you know um, going on the engineer track uh really building up a lot of points in your hand with the cattlemen so there's different things that you can do um and then it's interactive because you're putting the buildings out and and, and annoy i know this part kind of annoys it was Dean. a negative for me but again this was after one you point. can stop yeah people have can have to like pay you to go through your building and stuff which can be annoying but it can also be a great income generator when you're the one that's putting those buildings out it can and everyone has the same building so it's not like a super negative i just yeah i would rather not have that or yeah. or to be able to get a better benefit if you landed on their buildings would have been nice to like to be able to actually take the action or something like that pay to take the action instead but, of doing the auxiliary yeah actions yeah. yeah um yeah i'm okay with it though because i cuz like you said everyone has the same buildings and generally the ones that give you the the income when people come through them don't aren't as powerful mm-hmm. and so you're not going to be using them as much and sometimes you're almost just using it to you know have people pay you as they go through it um so i yeah i i just love this game man it's good it's really good. Do you yeah. think it was it your favorite game that you played this weekend? Yeah. 
it and Brass were really close. Uh, and another one that we'll talk about here, I think it was the last game that we got to play of the weekend. So um, all those were it really close. Great Western Trail is probably, yeah, Great Western Trail is probably probably my favorite, but it's close. Yeah. All right. Then we went it was on. The last game, actually. Then we went on to It's a Wonderful World, which we will. I'm saying the last game I played of the weekend was up there too. Really? Yeah. I didn't think, realize you liked it that much. That's oh, why yeah. I thought. Okay, so we we're gonna skip games six and seven. No, go to six and seven. We'll get let the tension build up, like in Brass Birmingham. <laughs> well, it's a wonderful world, but we're not gonna talk about. Oh, it. Oh, I got what you're saying. I got game I six and seven, or that what we're gonna do a review on here in just a minute. Games eight and nine was Space Explorers, which we've done a YouTube video, and that should be out fairly soon. Um, I'm kind of lukewarm on Space Explorers. Yeah, me too. I prefer Splendor to Space Explorers. I get why people would like it. It yeah, it's good. It's not a bad game. No, at no, all. it's I don't it's, mean it's that good. I don't mean lukewarm as a negative. Like it's I agree so I, I mentioned this on the podcast last time. Um there's special powers that the card that you have on top of your tableau has, and there's different colors, right? And so you're, the fun part about making the decisions is I'm going to put it into this red column, but it's going to cover up the special power that I have with maybe a lesser power. And so you're like, oh, do I want to do that? But I really need to get three reds to get um, one of the projects, like a noble in, in Splendor. I like that. But what I don't like, and it's more, it's a little bit more thinky for sure, which I thought I was going to like a lot more, but what I don't like is I constantly have to keep going back to the reference card. Yes. And I didn't think I would have to do I thought I would figure the iconography out, and I don't. And so I'm constantly looking back at that, and it's a, it's a negative. It's a negative for me. Now, I think there are people that will say, I don't give a crud um, about Whoa. it. Yeah, Watch easy, easy there, John. I don't care, um, and, and will much prefer this to Splendor. So if you, but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. I and the building part is kind of tricky too, like figuring out the discounts that you get for building. It's not a big deal. Like this isn't a heavy game at all. No. But oh, no. like the I want to just for a game like this, I just want to sit down and play it and not have to look back at a yeah. rules reference a lot. I agree. That's the thing. If it was like a longer game, a more intense game like Birmingham or something and I have to look back, like Castles of Burgundy, I still have to look back at the buildings. And honestly, that's a knock on Castles. Like, Castles was like a top five game, and it slid because last time I played it, I was just like, gosh, I'm kind of getting irritated by having to go back and look at that. Still absolutely love that game. Um, but it doesn't bother me as much in a game like that versus a game that's like a 20, 30-minute game that I'm – I feel like if I'm playing a quick game like that, I just want to play the game, yeah. get it over with. I don't have to keep looking back at the thing. Um, but I, I still think it's a good game. And I, I told Dean yesterday, I would pick it over Splendor sometimes just because it's changed up a little bit. It's a little bit more thinky. Um, but not a lot of times. What about Marvel Splendor? I don't know. <laughs> I've never played Marvel Splendor, and I'm not. We already had this kind. I'm not that looking forward. They've marveled everything. It's a marvel. You, you make it sound like that's an, a problem. I don't think it's not a problem. It's just I don't get excited about it anymore. I got you because I mean you know what I mean. Like it's and, and again I I like Marvel, but I'm also not like crazy Marvel Cinematic Universe guy. You know what I'm crazy I prefer about the comics. Yeah. The next game, and the last game that we got to play. Wow, I didn't realize you liked it that much. So mm -hmm. the last game we got to play, game number 10, was a game that Dean has talked about wanting to play forever. In fact, I listed several games before we went, and I said, what are the top two games of mine that you want to play? I didn't even think we'd play any of them, honestly. Mm -hmm. And he said, Great Western Twelve. <laughs> Great Western Trail. Great gotcha. Western Trail and Twa. <laughs> That's why. I you just combined them together. Great Western like Twa. 
That's what I was about to say. Great Western Trail and then Twa. What did you think of Twa, buddy? It's really good. Yes. Here's my problem with it, though. Oh, my gosh. All right. All three, we played this a four-player game. John, There's a lot going on Wendy, in the four-player and game. Jonathan had all played it. And all three of you were trying to teach me it to me at the same time. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea what was going on because you're getting overwhelmed. You all were, yeah, because you were all kind of also figuring out the like re remembering the rules That's as you true. went through the explanation. And I was like, I just need one person who really knows the game to teach me this game, and then we can. The play. Problem was we didn't have that. We did not have that, so it was. I, I fault you all for that. No, I'm just kidding. It, it is what it is. But then once I we got, you to can't playing, fault us for that. For once sure. we got to playing, because after the explanation, I was like. Wait, what do I even do? Like on a turn, <laughs> on a turn, what do I do? You know, that's, it's a little different game, <laughs> right? Like it's it, it's when there's a game that's a little different than what we're, it's not just like a standard worker placement or something that it sometimes your brain has to do something to make those connections. And it takes a minute to figure out. But, but that it's wasn't not it. that complicated. No, it's not. It's just our fault. It's not a different game. It was just, it, I'm not faulting you guys. It was just everybody was trying to remember and then say what they, like the piece that they remember. But it wasn't like this concise instruction on how to play this game. Okay. So it's a, he's 100% accurate on that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was, I've played this game a decent amount, but it's been a little while. And so I had to go back and rethink. But, okay, all that to say, it's not a knock because once I figured it out, like I just had a few questions that I asked and then we were fine. Then we played. And then a few questions as we, as we went along. But this game's fantastic. It's I really so like good. it. And you all told me, and I, I could see this, but the the red, the the cards, like the military cards that come out at the bottom where you're trying to like battle mm -hmm. off those black dice or whatever, you all said that some of those came out that were just bears, like really difficult. Yeah, right off the rip, the, one of the a really tough one came out, which it caused us to have to put out another two more things instead of just one card. Anyways. And then we had to lose, for the first couple rounds, we had to lose some money because of that. Yeah. And, so, like, some of that was a, uh, it wasn't a knock on the game, but I could see how if that wasn't such a focus that it really opens up the game a lot more. Yeah. Scoring is really tight. You don't score a lot of points in this game. No. Which, which kind of surprised me. I like that about it. I did, too. Yeah, I did, it, didn't, I did, it didn't bother me. But overall, I really, really enjoyed this game. I just need another play of it to see. But it's it's up there. It's, it's, it's up a top there. 20 game easy for me. I think it was in my top 10. It was really close. Pretty sure. Uh, I think It'd be it a was. top fifty. I'd, I'd have to play it more. So to, good to squeeze it in there. But I love Twa. I and I love it. it's again. It's a Euro with a lot of interaction, player interaction. Um, the dice is what's interesting in this game is I don't usually like luck. I rolled terribly, but I won the game, and that made me like it even more because I realized okay, you can still win this game if you're not rolling what you want to roll. Because there's a, there are, there are a lot of ways to manipulate the dice, but there's also you can also purchase other people's, and um, yeah, and I, I I don't know like I, I remember leaving the table going I like this more now because I was a little, I don't know sometimes I wonder if it, it, I mean I rolled terrible, it, a knock and I don't know again I've only played this once so I don't know how this would actually play out so every character Enoch. every every person has their own. Uh, card that shows the secret scoring now it's not just your secret scoring it's a card that everyone scores on but you're the I only like one that knows yeah the knock on it is you don't know how to score points in this game necessarily you have to pay it's like it, that's why i think you would like it because the more you play it it's hidden when you see someone keep going up the influence track you can be pretty sure that they've got the influence one you could be wrong it's like nanny narking why right? do you keep thinking everything is like nanny narking say it 
It's no. exactly it's exactly like Nanny it, Narky. It's nothing like it. That game sucks. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. The secret story. I get it. I know. It's it is I, exactly like it. Well, not exactly. It's but not it is, exactly. It's a lot like yeah. it. But the problem is you might not know until the very end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can see somebody moving up on something, but like everyone knew what mine was because I started knocking workers out in that last round, like sliding my workers in the spots, and people are like, you know, you're not going to get the benefit of those at the end of the game. And then I just have this sly smile because you know that that's what my scoring and piece was. And that's part of the cool part about the game is if the more you play it, the more you might want to do that earlier in the game. So it's not as trick. So it's not as you know. But you can't help it sometimes because people will knock you out. So the, I think Twa really Mama said knock you out. Well, yeah, that's true. I think that it really rewards multiple plays. I think you'll like that game oh, the more that you play uh-huh. it for sure. I, I did. I remember the first time going, this is really cool, but I had no idea what I was doing the first Same time. Same thing for Great Western Twa. That's <laughs> Great Western Twa. 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 All right. That's it. That was it. Very fast. I played a lot of excellent, excellent games over the weekend. Some that are going to for sure be in my top 50, maybe top 20, maybe even top 10. Who yeah. knows? We'll Great see. Western will be in your potentially top 10. No, it won't. Probably not. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go on to our review of It's a Wonderful World. All right, so our next review is It's a Wonderful World. This was published in 2019. How pleasant does that sound? It is a wonderful world. It is a wonderful world. That's right. That's right, John. And this one is, we got this one from Lucky Duck Game. We played this. It was We didn't get this from Lucky Duck. We played a copy that was from Lucky Duck. The designer is Frederick Grard, and the artist is Anthony Wolf. And this one plays in about 30 to 60 minutes. Now, this is a... Uh, it's a card drafting game. This one feels a little bit like Seven Wonders, but basically you're going to be drafting cards and then you're going to be building cards into your tableau. And those cards that are going into your tableau are going to give you uh, production and they're going to give you victory points. They're going to give you uh, maybe like victory point conditions at the end of the game. They might give you the different red or blue tokens that you get that are worth victory points at the mm-hmm. end of the game. But but the big point of it is just building production and then gaining victory points. Like that's kind of why you're doing that. You're going to play through four rounds of this and the Do you, know what, do you know what this is? I don't. The Ramones. It is the Ramones. I can see it on your phone. What now. song is this going to be? It's a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. That's Joey Ramone's version before he died. Okay. This was an emotional time for me. I'm in a... Because he knew he was going to die, and and that was an amazing song that he did. I'm in the middle of something right now. 2002. Whoops, I just clicked it again. again. Hey, I'm in the middle of something right now. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Whoops. And then, uh, so... After you after you get your cards and you're building them, you can kind of build them throughout whenever you want, right? Uh, I'm just I'm just Woo. moving on. Just got to press through sometimes. Uh-huh. Just got to put on my brave do. put on my brave face and just push through. <laughs> um, you're going to be building kind of whenever you want, but then the production you're going to go down the line. So you're going to go in the you're going to start with the white cubes and the black cubes, green cubes, yellow cubes, and blue cubes. And if you produce in the white, for example, everyone will produce at the same time. Whoever produces the most is going to get a bonus. And mm-hmm. then for all those resources, you play through four rounds. Whoever has the most points is the winner. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So you want to talk about 
Are you okay over there? <laughs> I'm okay. He's, I'm all right. He's coughing over there. All right. All right. Uh, what do you think? Good, of, is that a good explanation? Yeah, it's good enough. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you think about the art and components? I think the art's beautiful. I mm-hmm. think the components are fantastic. Uh, we played with uh, we played with Amy's copy of this game, and Amy had these. These little white bowls that she got from the dollar store. The, not white. They're, they're clear, clear. Yeah, those clear are bowls great. that held the different resources. It added to it. It was nice. Yep. I need to get some of those bowls, actually. Because, like, I've got some nice ones that my dad made. But, like, some the, the small ones. It worked really great for Lahav too. I saw her play in Lahav because mm-hmm. they're really small. And you could just put them right on top of the board. And they're clear, so you don't have to look into the bowl. You can see it that's from exactly the right. That's exactly right. That's nice. It's it, They were wonderful. It's nice. They it were a wonderful world. All right. So uh, I thought the comp- I thought the art was uh, was nice too. I really liked it. There are a few risque cards. Just say that. Um, that is true. That you know, if you're playing with your kids or something like that, um, or yeah, anybody. Uh, besides that, though, I thought the art was good. I thought that the components were fine. I mean, they were cardboard pieces, so nothing super excited. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the, the cubes are, are uh, acrylic cubes. Those were kind of cool. The, the look of it, like the aesthetics of all the game, it was nice. Like, yeah, it was they, good. Because they were those translucent cubes, then I, I think that, that added to it. So. Yep. All right, now on to the so gameplay. gameplay. That's, I think that's good enough, right? Yeah, absolutely. Enough? You mean okay. go first a little bit on the gameplay? Yeah, you go okay, first. Okay, so um, some things that I really enjoyed about the game. like I, 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 I like a good card drafting game, first of all. Um, Seven Wonders is really high for me. Um, I like Blood Rage a lot, and you got, you know, card drafting in that. And so it does have the element of just the pure card drafting that um, that those types of games have. But what's interesting about this is I do like, if I want to mention Seven Wonders, I do like the way you build your engine with this game a little bit better than that. I'm not saying I like the game better than Seven Wonders, but I do like the way that whenever you are putting cards into your tableau, um, you are generating like Dean said, the different cubes. So I may put a card into my tableau that's not worth a lot of points, but it generates two blue cubes every time. What I like about that is is what Dean mentioned earlier is the way that not only are you generating blue cubes for yourself, but you can get extra points or those little cards by having the most blue cubes that you generated. I think that's really smart and really fun um, and caused me to get destroyed in one of the games against Dean uh, because he he was generating more of almost everything. Like I was getting maybe one out of the five and I was getting killed because of that because he was getting, you know, four points roughly. It's a little bit different than that. It Actually, he was getting more points than that because he was building cards that were making his red tokens be worth even more points. Right. Right. You know, a lot, a, a lot. lot of, I, I scored like two thirds of my points were just from those red tokens and the multipliers from the cards that I had in play. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is, which is good. What do you think about that part? Yeah, I think it's good. I, I need to stop for just a second. Go back on something you said. Seven Wonders is not an engine building game. It doesn't try to be an engine building game. It doesn't try to be, but you do have resources that you get. I thought about this before. Yeah. There's a little, slight, a little bit slight, but this one is this one is trying to be an engine builder more than Seven Wonders. A hundred percent accurate. Yeah, um, that's what I, I did want to because I, I I wrestled with that a little bit because I I initially thought the same exact thing that you said is oh seven I, I thought Seven Wonders isn't engine building, not necessarily but a little bit slightly. It yeah. is a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So from the resources. So if you like the, engine building games, I'm glad you pointed that out. Like then you might end up liking this better because of that. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I like. I like that. Now, here's you mentioned from you mentioned Hadara. You 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 might 
worry about the replayability because you're mm-hmm. kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. I feel that way about this game too. I'm kind of jumping to negatives right away before I get into positives. But okay. with this one, you are doing the same thing. You are building cards into your tableau. For the most part, there's nothing really special about those cards that you're putting into your tableau, right? They're giving you extra cubes or they're giving you some tokens immediately, maybe. And they're giving you victory point multipliers at the end of the game. Or straight up victory points. Or straight up victory points. And some of those are really heavy victory points. But that's it, right? Like there's nothing Mm -hmm. super special about the cards that you're putting in play. It's not like it's... I feel like there is more variety than Hadara. I would I'm agree. not saying there's way more, but there's more. I would agree that there is, but it's it's not much more, I guess. Like, and that that's not... I'm not saying that's necessarily a knock. I'm just saying, like, with... If, if we're going to compare it to Seven Wonders, I feel like there's more things that you can do in Seven Wonders with the cards that you're drafting than you can in It's a Wonderful World. I think I agree, and I still like Seven Wonders better because Me too. of that. I do too, yeah. for, the, for the exact same reason yeah. I, I do, uh, which we might be in the minority because people that we were playing the game with, Jonathan, for example, said this was much better than Seven Wonders. Yeah. He was dead wrong. and Because <laughs> he'll listen to this. He can blog it if yeah. he wants. but That's right. He can, he can write a thing on... He can me. say what he wants to say, but on yeah. this show... He's wrong. <laughs> That's right. On the podcast, we That's... cast him down, which me and him agree on so much. Yeah, but yeah. But I do disagree with him on that. I still I still like Seven Wonders better, for sure. Yeah, but this is a fun game. I, I love drafting games, and this is a pure drafting game, yep. right? And the way that the resources that you get those, and it can, it can trigger, like, if you have more resources, if you produce more resources, you can get the different bonuses. I think that's kind of cool. Back to a negative, though. So we played this four players. We played this two players. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I want to play this two players, and it's not because the drafting. Part. I was just stupid, though. No, I'm no. I, I disagree. Okay. Like I really think that you're at a disadvantage in this game if things f- don't fall your way in a two-player game more than a four-player. That's that's true. And I don't mind like the drafting part in a two-player in this two-player game. I don't think is bad. I think it, it was fine. It was just that. I started off producing resources that that John didn't, okay? So you each start off with a card, and you can have it on the side that you both have the same resources that you produce, or you can have it where where it's asymmetrical, okay? So I was producing these certain type of resources. So right off the rip, I was producing three resources that John wasn't producing. Is that right? That's exactly right. Okay, which meant when it came to the bonus time, if John didn't build the cards that gave him those resources, which I don't think he could have, it, it, you can't just build it because you want to. Because I didn't. To. Yeah, the the first round they weren't coming out. Right. The ones to, because like it, most other drafting games or whatever, like some of them are going to be way more expensive than others. And it seemed like the first age that we had, it was more the expensive ones, and I didn't have enough you know resource generating to actually build those. And I needed some of those like lighter ones to come out to where I could have built them really quick. Right. And they didn't. Right. Yeah. They, and that, it screwed me up bad. Yeah. And that can be that can be frustrating. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. Like we talked about this for a long time with Amy and Jonathan afterwards. And I don't think everyone agreed with that statement that you can't do anything. But in that yeah. case, I think right from the get go, I don't I don't think you had much of a chance, John. And I, I'm not saying that like to dish you. I'm just saying like I don't think with the cards that we were dealt, I had so many cards that gave me multipliers for the red tokens and they were easier to build because yeah. I had the stuff that I needed. Like Yeah. But I also I also screwed up. I mean, I should I wasn't really paying attention to Dean that much. 
And you do. You have to pay attention and to if the other I, player. If I, that was my. It was. It was the last game of the night too, and it was like eleven o'clock, and I was kind of toasted. Yeah. And and it was. And Dean wasn't, and he destroyed the duders out of me because of that. And so I wasn't paying attention to how many of those red ones. I knew he was getting some, but I didn't realize how many. I should have just taken them. It was a lot. I think my final score in that I had eighty nine points. I think yeah. is what. So it was. I blame myself for a lot of this, Dean. 50-something of those were from those red tokens. Yeah. Just straight up from those red tokens. I think a lot of it was my poor play, but I know you whether you disagree or not, but I didn't play well that time. Maybe not, but I, I still don't think that. I, I think if we reversed cards, like you took all the stuff that I, I had, had the lead. you would have won, I, I think. I will say that the first game that we played with four players, I felt like I was getting really lucky on the draws. Like I felt like the stars were aligning and it wasn't that complicated. Like, and I won easily. Mm-hmm. And and I and I, I remember the second time going, mm. so that I agree with. That's a little bit of a knock, like the way that the cards, especially in a four-player game, because I mean you are drafting them, but they they're not going to come around quite as often. So if yeah. you if you get a hand off the rip with exactly what you need, that's pretty helpful. Now, one thing that when we way back in the day we talked about Carnival of Monsters, and your big knock on it was having one big deck that you are dealing out for mm-hmm. for drafting cards. Unlike Seven Wonders where you have three different eras. Yeah. Everything is is just kind of bunched together, shuffled up. Now for setup, that's great. For the like the progression of the game, maybe not so much. I, I don't know if that was a negative. Actually I thought I thought it, it was a positive that you can just shuffle everything up. And Carnival of Monsters, I didn't mind that at all. But I could see how somebody like you, when you got frustrated about Carnival of Monsters, getting frustrated for the same reason in this game. The reason that I got frustrated with Carnival of Monsters, and I'm not as frustrated, I'm not, I don't think I'm as frustrated, I'm not, for sure, in this game is, uh, in Carnival of Monsters, what has soured me, and it doesn't always happen, sometimes it go it goes great, and I'll really enjoy that game, uh, but I've had where the last era, like hardly any monsters, which that's how you score points. In this game, we didn't have that happen. There was always some point cards that came out mm-hmm. the last round for yeah. sure. And then in addition to that, what mitigates it is even if they don't come out as much, then I can still try to get the cubes so that I can get the points whenever it comes around to the cubes. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Uh-huh. So there's so um, I, th- I still like that about Seven Wonders, honestly, how it's in ages better. Yeah, but I, I this didn't bother it didn't bother me because there were still ways to generate points and Carnival Monsters is really not much if you if that happens. Okay, but that doesn't happen all the time, and sure, it's really fun sure. when it doesn't happen. Yeah, and like I said, this didn't that that did not bother me that you have all the cards yeah. shuffled in together. Now, one thing I didn't mention in the the overview, but I talked about when we played the game the very first time that we played the game. I talked about how much it reminded me of Terraforming Mars. <laughs> and the thing that reminded me of is that in Terraforming Mars, you know, you're paying to get cards, and then you might have a whole huge hand of cards, and then you might have to sell some off because you keep too many cards. Well, that game, in this game, it plays out in the same way because what you do is you can either keep the cards to build or you can get rid of the cards in order to gain resources. You can just discard the card at a certain phase. And there's a, there's to, one resource on there. Right, to, to excuse me, to, to gain those resources. And Terraforming Mars has that same thing where you can hold on to too many cards because you think, oh, I want to build this one, I want to build this one, but you can't. You can't build everything. Yeah. So you really have to be resourceful in how which cards you keep, which cards you get rid of for for the resources on the card. I think that's really neat. I, like I that. love that part of it. Yeah, me too. I love that because like there were times where I absolutely was drafting cards just for the resource because yeah. I knew 
I got to build these and I'm not going to generate enough blue cubes. But if I can get two cards that give me a blue cube, then I can actually build that. Yeah. So yeah, that was really fun. Probably my favorite part of the game. I yeah, think. It was, it's pretty high up there for me. I, I like that part of the game as well. It, it felt like you could do a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and you're just trying to figure out what's the most optimal thing to do. Yeah, because in a lot of those games, Seven Wonders included, if you discard them, it's just for money, which is it's fine because you have to do that. But it's not really interesting. You know, the decision's not very interesting. Mm-hmm. In this, it is interesting because you do have to choose. Okay, I really want to build this one, but or or you know, it involves hate drafting in that way too. Like I can do something with this card besides just get money. I can hurt another player and gain a resource that I'm going to need to build these other cards that yeah. I have. So I think that's interesting. I do too. All right. Ready to move on to the final rating? Absolutely. It's quite the long episode, I think, maybe. Well. Moving, moving on up there. Well. All right. <laughs> you may go first since you went first last time? Yeah, you go for it. All right. Go for it? Everett. You know what that's from? Um, yes. But now I'm not thinking. It's, oh my gosh. Nobody tell them. You'll think of it. Uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> what? No. That's my default whenever I don't, when I'm not sure what something is because Dean loves, Dean loves that movie. What is that from? All right. Go ahead on with your, your rating. Are you really not going to tell me? Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, yeah. Art thou? Yeah. Okay. All right. That one doesn't bother me as much because I, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that movie as many times. Go forever. That's what he says. Yeah. All right. So. It wasn't go for wow. it. Wow. All right. So this was my surprise of the convention. Not my favorite game that I played, but the one I was the most surprised about. Um, I like it for the reason. I like how it's quick with the drafting. It's a pretty quick game. It's a fairly quick game. Even at four players, I thought that it was it was under an hour. Um, and it felt like it was it was fairly quick. Even on BGG, it's, or it says here that's 30 to 60 minutes. I think the two-player version, I'm going to guess we played 30 to 40 minutes, something like that, probably. Probably. Maybe even 30. Maybe even under 30. Yeah, it's, it, it really may be fast. 30. Yeah, it, was, it felt really, really quick. I, I do I, I enjoy that about it. I like how it has that engine-building um, mechanism to it um, that's pretty prominent in this game with card drafting. I think mm-hmm. that's really fun. And I agree with Dean. I like how you're drawing those cards and deciding whether you're going to use them to build them or you're just going to use them for the resource that you can get and those are really interesting decisions it feels like every time you draft a card it's valuable to you you know i mean at the end of the drafting maybe you're not getting it as much but there are are a lot of drafting games where you're just like ugh, i don't want this at all you can a lot of times make it work for you in this game and i I really enjoy that about the game this was good this is a really good game dean i'm gonna give this eight out of ten Wow. Okay. I I I just keep thinking about it. I almost I was thinking about seven and a half, but I think it's worth an eight out of ten, man. I think it's a really really fun, really smooth drafting game. Wow. Okay. I I would agree. No, not not on the score, but I'll agree on like all the positive things that you said. I really like drafting games. You yeah. know, I I really really like them. I think I had some high hopes for this one based on when we walked to the table. Amy and Jonathan were just like raving on this yeah. game, and I didn't have quite the same feeling that they did i think that quite the same excitement when mm-hmm. i played I, because i do like seven wonders better now given the option I, I, most of the time i'll pick seven wonders i don't know if i'll you know i, I might even pick maybe carnival of monsters over this maybe really? it's it's yeah. real close for me i would say um that being said it's not bad it's just you know not my not my favorite of these so i'm giving this a seven and a half which is yeah which is a good score i mean that's you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's kind of where I have like Architects of the West Kingdom and yeah. you know Paladins of the West Kingdom. Some that's, really I good. I really games. thought about giving it's a it's a low eight for me. 
Yeah. Um, that's that's it's not one of my higher eights. It's a low eight. No, but I, I like it a lot. I will say this: have after playing the four player game, in my mind, I thought, okay, this is an eight. We played the two player game, and it really soured it for me. Wow. Uh, and and I, I don't know if that's fair for the game because I don't most of the time want to play any drafting game two players. Yeah. But I just feel like this was not a great two player experience. I wouldn't play this game at two players again. I don't think I would. I would much rather play it with more players. And it, it not be it not have that same kind of lucky feel that yeah. it did when we played. All right, so that is a seven and a half from me, eight from John. John, is this game worth it? Yes. I see it on Amazon for forty five dollars. Um, no, I've got it on um, a board game prices. It's thirty one dollars. Thirty one at Game Nerds Card House and Miniature Mark. Thirty one ninety nine. Thirty one forty. Yeah. So totally worth it. That's a third. good deal. That's yeah. that's a good deal. I that's think a good that, deal. I want to. I want to pick. I want this game. I don't think forty five is worth it for what I no, see. No, for what's in the for what's in the de- in the in the box. Is there a deluxe version of it though? Okay, so here's the thing. Jonathan had backed this on Kickstarter. He does not have his copy, but he said that there's some kind of a story mode with this. I don't know as far as components if there's a big upgrade, but there's some sort of a story mode that goes along with this as the Kickstarter. That has me intrigued. I want to check that out and see what that's all about. Yeah, I'm not so intrigued with that, but... Figures. Yep. That is It's a Wonderful World. We're going to wrap up this episode, so tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right, if you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to rate the podcast. Also, we are on YouTube, which we're talking about games that we've reviewed and that are coming out to be reviewed, like Space Explorers and Tumbletown. Um, just go to, just type Meepletown and you'll find us on YouTube. We're at Meepletown Games on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. And finally, we are Board Game Geek Gale 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown.